welcome to Radio KAL, the Superman show for Superman fans by Superman fans. I'm your host, Steve Eunice, and I'm joined by Neil Bailey. Hi, Neil. Hey, Steve. Having a good summer down there? Very nice. Pretty good weather. How's your winter going? Cold. Had the coldest few days here since the 80s the other day. Nice. Shall we get into it? Definitely. I have a number of good topics today, but first and foremost is a large and growing debate on the morality and the heroism of Superman of Earth 2. Ah, yes. Kal-El. No E in L. You've copped a bit of flack for saying he's evil. Oh, yeah. I mean, usually I get negative letters on a factor of 1 to 10 or maybe 1 to 25 on Smallville, but for this one, a lot of people are torn. They assume that because I say he's not acting like Superman, he's not Superman. Or I got a good letter that said that because I said he wasn't our Superman, I was wrong because he was the original Superman. I guess a misunderstanding comes when you consider that our Superman just means the Superman that we know from the Burn era. Golden Age Superman probably thinks he's doing right, and in this er- in in his era of comics, he probably would have been right to do those things. But now, with the newer modern hero code, where you don't torture villains, where you save their lives even if they're going to kill again, where you don't take glee in inflicting pain on the evil, uh, you, you don't take glee in inflicting pain on the evil people for fear of becoming like them. I find the Golden Age Superman's actions in Action 836 to be very contratomps with the Superman that we're familiar with. People say, hey, modern Superman does the same stuff, and then cite four or five obscure issues, and this is true. Sometimes Superman did threaten to pop the head off the Silver Banshee, but then a character can't possibly be consistent over 1,600 comics in 20 years, and those are the, the exception rather than the rule. Personally, I don't see him as evil. I think his methods are just different to the Superman we've come to know and love. He sees things as black and white, no grey areas. He's very decisive in his actions, more of an act-first, ask-questions-later kind of guy. Uh, Where the modern age Superman definitely prefers to resolve a situation without violence if possible. He sees the possibility of good in everyone, even the villains, and would prefer to find an alternative answer than just hitting them and locking them away. Like you, I prefer the modern age Superman's approach. I don't see him as evil either, I'll make that very clear. But on a scale, where Green Arrow and Batman walk the line between good and evil, and where Superman is supreme good, and where Lex Luthor is extreme evil, I put him behind Green Arrow and Batman towards Luthor, because he takes no prisoners. And to wit, that pans out, in that because of his gung-ho attitude, and because of the fact that he doesn't really consider his actions, he's a party to Alex Luthor's machinations, which are right now tearing the universe apart. I think it's very clear on the part of the writers what they're trying to say with that. Yes, Earth 2 Superman acts the way Jerry Siegel wrote him back in 1938, and yes, he's therefore the original Superman, but Superman as a character has evolved quite a bit since 1938, and many people don't think of Superman that way anymore. I would, exactly. I would even argue that um, most modern fans can't even can't even conceptualize this Superman as theirs. Though he's a great character, and though I would have no problem at all with an ongoing Golden Age story featuring this exact Superman, I think that in the debate between which Superman is representative of the modern hero code and modern readers and everything that's evolved out of it, our current Superman wins hand down, hands down when he's not just being writ- written as a mopey idiot by the likes of Azzarello. Yeah, I think many fans lean more towards modern-age Superman, but just wish he was a bit more upbeat and less mopey, as you put it. 
I think it's a question of a few more optimistic issues being put out. I mean, heck, Rucka embodied that when it came down to it. How's the dichotomy between, oh, Lois disappeared, I'm gonna beat up a country, and we live in hope, you know what I mean? Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Any guesses where Infinite Crisis is gonna leave soups after it all ends? Personally, I hope it ends with our Superman back where he was, having learned from all of this, and Superman of Earth 2 on Earth 2, with the JSA. I think there's no reason we can't handle multiple Earths, and it still leaves room for guest appearances, the inevitable contrasting of morals between one soups and the other, and heck, when all is said and done, I like the idea of the JSA as a supreme force in its world, instead of being relegated to the back burner and forgotten so often. Something that John's almost rectified, but still, many don't know of the team or its importance. I'm also curious to see what a uh, Golden Age Superman in the JSA or aiding them might be like. Just allow for plenty of Geritol. Geritol? It's a multivitamin for the elderly. <laughs> showing your age. Nah, I'm just showing how long I was a caregiver. Okay, nice way to turn the tables on me. <laughs> so how about that dead old Kent? Yeah, enough time has passed now without us having to give a spoiler warning, surely. Apologies to anyone in England, Australia and other countries who haven't seen the 100th episode yet, but we need to discuss it. Yeah, and if not, I never had pity for people who come to the internet, the information superhighway, and then get mad when they get information. But yeah, I mean, unless you're far away from the show, you probably don't know. And heck, even if you are far away from the show, you can download... Uh, I say too much. You weren't entirely happy with Jonathan, Jonathan's death, were you? I think he died well. I think my beef is less with how he died, and more than half an hour before he actually started dying with the, Lana, with the Lana story. They gave us one story, and then they switched it around and gave us another. They also took the very easy death, which I regret. I also have a more gut emotional anger at his loss. I know you're always going to get mad when a character you love dies, but there's a difference between just being bitter Jonathan is dead, which, make no mistake, I am, and instead being infuriated, which, make no mistake, I am, that Jonathan dies and then his wife decides to start hopping into the limo of a convicted murderer who orders contract killings and constantly hovers over the family, making Jonathan's heart weaker, if you will. In other words, the death? Almost well done, and I expected it. The after effects where the morning quickly diminishes and gets smaller and smaller every week, and then they trade Jonathan for a lion Arthur? That disgusts me more than an 850 passive-aggressive Lana beatdown. I feel we not only lost Jonathan, we kind of lost Martha, too. Yeah, I find it weird that Martha is being shown to be so... Uh, what's the word? Uh, careless? She's smarter than that. I get a lot of letters saying, She's just vulnerable, leave her alone! But there's vulnerable, and stepping out with someone who's always been there for you... And then there's, say, in an analogy, Clark Kent dying in the comics, and then Lois suddenly hopping up to the LexCorp Towers to spend time with Lex just because he offered her a shoulder. People argue that Martha may not know all that Lionel has done, but she knows at very least about the adoption thing, the parent murderers, the contract hit on Vengeance's parents, and that he took over Clark's body and hit on her. What about the fact that he once kept kryptonite in a vault? Yeah, being vulnerable around someone you trust is understandable but Lionel isn't, or shouldn't be, someone she trusts. I draw the line at murder. Say he'd only tried to get to the bottom of Clark. Heck, that's somewhat un understandable in ways, but murder? Also, come to think of it, she knows that he had his own son put in an institution and electroconducive therapy for no reason, and furthermore, that he tried to kill his own son. Bottom line, we have five years of reasons, all varied, why a mother would freak when her son, uh, why a mother who would freak when her son has sex would not suddenly be best friends with the convicted murderer. 
Yeah, it doesn't make sense. Perhaps she's keeping her friends close, but her enemies closer. I hope so. It's like I tell the folks, though. I, I refuse to read into what the writing doesn't tell us. I don't know. Bear's watching, though. Anyway, I hear the episodes have been getting a little shorter lately. Is that true? You know, this is something I noticed but didn't look into. Last episode was two minutes shorter. I don't know if it's that new ad-heavy AccuView they're spewing like bile on us, or if it's actually shortening the shows to come up with more money, whatever the excuse. Either way, less show is bad, at least for me. Um, I'm hoping it's a one-time thing, but unfortunately we won't know for another month and a half. Yeah, the next new episode of Smallville doesn't air in the US until March 30th. And talking about delays, what's with the comics lately? They always seem to be pushing titles back weeks, sometimes months. Do you think it's writers or artists missing deadlines, or do you think it's because certain issues need to come out to time, you know, to be timed to coincide with events happening elsewhere, like with Infinite Crisis, for instance? I bet it's a little bit of A, a little bit of B. I know that it's one of the chief complaints I'm hearing. Like I've been told, there are no fans, only people who want to give an artist's job. And that's cynical, but to be honest, I might sacrifice a little bit of art for a story that's on time. Not a good story, I wouldn't give up a good story, but then that's my personal bias. Especially big, big events or, or, or comics. Like Superman, Batman, Infinite Crisis, and others that people regard as their favorites. When they're, when they're late, people really get mad and, and, and they start getting cynical about comics. It's not, it's not, when, when Vigilante is late, no one could care less, but other, other books, it's really important. Well, like Superman Shazam, First Thunder, number three, for instance. It's over a month since it was scheduled to come out, and still no sign of it. You'd think with limited issue miniseries that don't tie into other events elsewhere, that they'd ensure they were completed before going to print? Seems to make sense to me. I think if an artist is late, they should cut the pay of the artist or writer, and thusly cheapen the cost of the book as a reward for being patient. I wouldn't mind a book being two weeks late if it was a dollar fifty instead of three dollars. Heck, Lex Luthor Man of Seal was almost a year and a half late, and then it was late every month even when it was released. If we're paying so much for these books, they should be regular or just released as a trade. If you're going to take a year to release a five-issue miniseries, just put it out as a trade. People will buy it. There's a huge market for trades. Maybe that's something we can put to new Superman editor Matt Idelson now that he's taking over the Ask Eddie fan forum with the Ask Matt fan forum. Yeah, I'm interested to see how he'll do. I hope we have a good relationship. Even though I disagreed with Berganza sometimes, he was a really great guy. Look for the first Ask Matt fan forum to premiere on the Superman homepage around March 15th. And also look for a short interview with him leading up to that first Ask Matt fan forum, just as a way of introduction to the new Superman comics editor. That'll be neat. So what about the three words? What's your guess? Ah, yes. Three mysterious words that'll alter things for Lois and Clark. That's what the solicitations from DC Comics described for Action Comics number 839, coming out in May 2006. It reads, While Superman goes all out to clean up the plague of villains overrunning Metropolis, Lex Luthor finally strikes with a devastating attack that could literally tear the city apart. And as Lex unleashes an engine of destruction from the centre of the Earth, lost secrets of Krypton are revealed, the Daily Planet faces a huge story without its top reporter, and three unexpected words mark a turning point for Lois and Clark. I say it's pregnancy or divorce. The dying thing can't be done for either of those two for obvious reasons, and everything else has already been done for the most part. I'm leaning towards the pregnancy thing myself, although I don't personally agree that they should be able to fall pregnant, being from to two totally different species. But we'll have to wait and see. 
Honestly, if they do that immediately after I was hearing Greg Rucka talk about how he wanted to do that and didn't have the time or the opportunity, I'll have to join the Elite. Okay, well, moving right along with the show, let's play the last Son of Krypton teaser trailer. Here it is. Allies are lost. Officer Branford, please let me handle this. Oh, fine, fine, go ahead, do what you want. I mean, you will anyway, right? A secret is discovered. What's this? A top secret LexCorp file that Mr. Luthor tried to hide from my begoggled, prying eyes? A truth is revealed. What's that? No, Steve, don't... A Supergirl costume. And a rival is out for blood. Mr. Luthor knew that your meeting in Gotham was to obtain explosives. That cannot stand. I kill him. New developments come to light in issue 14 of Superman, The Last Son of Krypton, on February 22nd, 2006. Only at supermanhomepage.com. Be sure and download The Last Son of Krypton audio drama right alongside Radio KAL at the Superman Homepage website. And look for an upcoming appearance by Radio KAL in the audio drama. And evil alter egos, so now we're looking at a secret sound. What do you have for us this month? Only one thing alive with less than four legs can hear this frequency, Superman, and that's you. Well, before I play the new super secret soundbite, I must congratulate the nine people who correctly guessed that last show's sound came from the Smallville Season 3 episode titled Slumber. Those nine people were Peter Pham, Steve Holmes, Jeremy Smith, Aaron Peck, Zach Shapiro, Stephen G, Billy Whaler, Sam J. Rizzo, and Sean Hemmings. Congrats, guys. Good going. So now, on to the new sound. Here it is, another Smallville sound. You'd at least think your girlfriend would be here. So there you have it. Can you guess which Smallville episode that sound comes from? If you can, go to the Super Secret Soundbite entry form and send your answer in. Each person who guesses it right will have their name read out in next month's show. Okay, Steve, riddle me. We'll see how the old logic circuits are frying. Yep, on to the Brainiac brain teaser. You'll recall that last month Neil read out that Superman was watching Green Arrow shoot some arrows. Yep, I recall blowing the answer terribly. Green Arrow said he'd shoot 60 arrows, the first arrow at exactly noon, and then continue to shoot one arrow every minute thereafter. We asked you at what time would he run out of arrows. The answer? 12.59. One minute off, that's the trick. That's right, the first one is shot at 12 noon exactly, 12.00, the second at 12.01, and so on. So, for the new brain teaser. Go for it, Neil. Going! Weakened by a small sliver of kryptonite, Superman finds himself at the bottom of a 40-foot hole. In his weakened state, he can only crawl upwards at a rate of 4 feet in one day, but at night, without any sunlight, he slips back 3 feet. At this rate, how long will it take Superman to crawl out of the hole? Ah, a good one. 40 days, right? Or maybe 35 because of his reach? Yeah, well, there's no prize for this segment of the show. Just some brain-teasing fun. We'll reveal the proper answer next show. That means I'm wrong. There, there, don't feel bad. Look, here's some music to soothe you. Superman song time. It's been a while since we mentioned that the name Superman is mentioned in over 300 popular songs, all listed in the radio and audio section of the Superman homepage. Here's one of those songs, titled Superman. This song is by the band Excelsior. That's number 14 in our 300 song series, and it uses a Marvel catchphrase. Ha! 
That's Radio KAL for another month. We should mention that as of last month's show, Radio KAL, being in its second year now, is now available in both MP3 format and the new MPEG-4 format, which allows for chapters, images, links, as well as sound. The new MPEG-4 format can be played in iTunes or QuickTime Player, both freely available from Apple.com. Check it out. Pictures and text. Whoop. Thanks, Neil, for another great show. And thank you, Steve. You stay classy, Superman of Earth 2. Just don't kill me! Join us again next month for another Radio KAL episode. You've been listening to Radio KAL at supermanhomepage.com.